It's episode 147 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in one of the cutest houses I've ever been in in Corpus Christi. Uh, she is the creator of Holly Habits. She is the also the outreach coordinator for t- the Texas Coastal Bend chapter of Surf Riders, and you are what you're calling a sustainability consultant. Yes. Yes. Her name is Holly Thomas. Thank you so much for having me in your home. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you think that the house is cute. It's very spooky. I love it. So it um, looks a little different than it normally does, but it's the best time of the year. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And your birthday is also coming up in it a few days. So happy early Libra birthday. season. <laughs> yes, you are the epitome of Libra. And I love it so much. Libras are some of my favorite people. So to celebrate you. Oh, goodness. Thank you. Yes. To Holly. Thank you for taking that with me. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anybody take a shot with me in a while. I've been looking forward to it all day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's more where that came from. I got a new bottle just for you. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Holly, I was really fortunate to meet you. Jeez. When was that? Now I feel like, wait, I'm, I didn't, didn't even think about years. It had to be before I moved to treatment because we both work for the city i think the first time we ever met was when i was still working with the conrad blucher institute that's right that's absolutely right yeah and i was doing surveying science and we would go out and get to the sample station yes we had to contact somebody from the city that's right i do remember you there (laughs) that Mm -hmm. was at the noasis river pump station either you or nikki yes (laughs) i absolutely remember that and then you then you started working as an intern Yes. Right. Okay. That's how I met you. I was like, how, how did this happen? <laughs> okay, cool. And then the city was wise and hired you full time yes, because you're thankfully. an amazing asset. So thank you for that. So Holly, something that I realized about you from the moment I met you was that you were really about, you know, trying to live a green lifestyle, living sustainably. Have you always been interested in that? And have you always implemented that kind of living? Well, um, definitely not always. So I grew up in the 90s. I'm a 90s baby. And a lot of things about in the 50s really became about the convenience factor. Mm -hmm. So I grew up on paper plates and styrofoam and plastic cutlery. And we have a really big family. So all of our family gatherings and things like that were never really sustainable. Um, However, tying back to that, my mom really raised us with like a different mentality of like, use what you have because she's from a big family. So they came from Long Island and she's one of 10 technically and the only girl. Whoa. Yeah. So a huge family mom and dad are, you know, working all the time. So it was really that fend for yourself, Mm -hmm. hand me downs, fix what you have Mm -hmm. kind of lifestyle. And she just implemented that with me and my sister while we were growing up of, hand-me-downs would come from the cousins and we used what we had like some of the Halloween decorations in my house right now are older than me really yeah (laughs) which ones (laughs) the pumpkin that's hanging up there he still works and everything like that um yeah okay that's cool like 80s my mom had him before me and my sister wow yeah and then everything else and say a bunch of stuff is just from goodwill or from all different locations, I have the Beanie Baby pumpkin that it's like worth like five hundred dollars on eBay. Say, I promise <laughs> but I you, would that's never, worth some money. Yeah, it's a Thai Beanie Baby, but yeah, it's from the eighties as well, eighty eight. So a lot okay, of the that things. is cool. Yeah. As hell. <laughs> so my mom definitely instilled that mentality of use what you have, and she was always. I don't want to say cheap, but like budgeting. My mm-hmm. mom was like the brains of the money situation. And my dad was the, he could build anything. Like he could wow. build absolutely anything. So my mom definitely was like the money saver vision. And my dad was just super fix it, handyman. Yeah, so make rather than those buy. Two, yeah, between those two factors. But no, definitely growing up, I did not live the way that I live now it's been a transition and it's still a transition like every day (laughs) a lot of my friends will send me all those things about like the swerving plastic single-use plastic every day and that's Mm -hmm. like that's still me that's still every single day when I wake up there's gonna be something new that I learn Mm -hmm. or um something that I can add to my day or 
help share knowledge with people because I definitely did not grow up living the way that I'm living now. Definitely not. Um, it has been, um, up until almost 27 years worth of growing and knowledge and change. But about six, six years ago is when I really started to make big changes. That's a long time. Yeah, uh, it is when I think about it. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's the better part of a decade. And so what was it that made you finally say, you know what, I need to start changing how I'm living? So when I was in school, I went to Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I got my uh, BS in geology, so my Bachelor of Science. And Very I minored cool. in communication. Shout out, Islander alum. Yes. <laughs> um, a minor in communications is big. That's yeah. really big. So the whole goal of doing that was to be able to talk about science to people, mm-hmm. right? So major <laughs> in science, that. minor in communication. Um because scientists have a really hard time talking to people. Yes. <laughs> As we both work with a lot of scientists. Yes. When I find myself, yeah, because I have a science background too, and I, mm-hmm. sometimes I have a hard time communicating the science sure. or the data. It's yes. not easy. It doesn't, <clears throat> and having to go in school from writing like APA to MLA, like back and forth, was like, I became the master of both, but that's a hell of a, a skill. Completely a swap. Yes, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to like use the wrong terminology, but to me, that's very that's communicating. Yeah, like that's it's almost like being bilingual in a way. Yeah, and it honestly completely saved me through college because college was really hard for me because I had been doing school for forever. I was like that overachiever kid who did all of the dual credit classes and when I got to college I was like oh I have 40 something credits oh choose. my god are <laughs> yeah. you serious they were like so choose what you want to do for the rest Whoa. of your life immediately um so that was really intimidating too but so I am that is very impressive I, wow I thought the better thing to do was right they told you do do classes do classes but then when I got to college I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I didn't have I didn't have like the BS classes to help yeah. me figure it out. <laughs> you were just like, like right on your way. Yeah. So wow. I chose communication. And after doing a year of that, I had to take a basic science and I chose geology. And I had a amazing, strong female professor. Uh, she's not at the university anymore, but Dr. Anders, she's in California now. We still keep in touch. Um, and then I had a great SI, a supplemental instructor named Elliot Gill, and they totally converted me (laughs) to geology, geology, which had a bunch of math. And I absolutely hate math. Like I do not use the hate word lightly, but math, (laughs) there's been many a shed tear from myself over math throughout my life. Um, Well said. Yes. So changing my complete degree track to doing four five six more math classes when I thought I was done Mm -hmm. was my living nightmare but totally worth it yeah I was so scared to begin with like I was like I can't believe I'm doing this like I thought I was done when I took algebra one and two at Del Mar CBC (laughs) over the summer of my senior year like I was like I'm done with math I'm leaving in my dust and then I just CBC and Beeville Mm -hmm. what yeah that's where I did all my dual credit classes very very cool yes so a mixture of Delmar and CBC to do dual credit. Communications really saved me still keeping that as my minor because I would go from an intense four to five hour lab where I'm looking under a microscope mm-hmm. at a rock, essentially. <laughs> and I'm trying to determine what makes up this rock and those properties. And I would just be brain fried. And then I would go and walk into my public relations class where I have like people bouncing off the walls, flamboyantly loud, like talking to each other, happy, joyous. And, you know, I just left a lab where nobody talked to each other for the past yes, five hours. And yes. your eyes are like hurting from looking at rocks yep. and you don't really talk to each other. And if you somebody sneezes, everybody looks at them. Like it's, <laughs> it was a totally different change. This is to, giving me flashbacks. That's too funny. To then walking into this room where people are loud and they want you to talk and they want you to get up and they want you to have an opinion and they want you to persuade them. And it was my jam. That is a jam to to my peanut butter for sure. So (laughs) actually being able to stay in the liberal arts and have that as a minor totally saved me and helped me get me through all those 
hard science classes like it was like my buffer classes yes. if I took a bunch of hard classes I would pair at least one or two communication classes because I knew I was gonna need it for my mental health <laughs> see that's cool because to me it really presents you as being I, I hate using the term well-rounded because that's such a term they you know like when you're applying for colleges make sure you look well-rounded but you but you really did because it's more of like a right brain left brain combo and I think it was perfect because of what you're currently doing with surf riders and also what you're what you're doing with the Holly Habits uh, Instagram. So is the Holly Habits in, uh, on uh, any other platforms or starting no, off on Instagram? It's just starting off on Instagram. This okay. is very, very new. I have a little bit of imposter syndrome being no way on, you know, but I just actually went to a webinar today about imposter syndrome. So I, was Good. Like, I don't even know if I should talk it like talk about it. But honestly, it's something yes, that people need it. to talk about more. Yes. This was like my takeaway from this webinar. It was really awesome. So. Yeah. No, imposter syndrome comes up a lot, actually, with yeah. people that I talk to off the podcast and on the podcast but the fact of the matter is is you are already implementing for six years you've been implementing changes to live more sustainably if I think about who should I contact if I want if I need a tip on whatever it may be you know to help my process along it's you I mean truthfully thank you yes that means a lot absolutely <laughs> and so so six years ago something happened to trigger you're wanting to like, you know what, this is how I'm going to start living differently. Yes. So when I was in school, um, still and say going for my geology and my communication, doing all those fun things, <laughs> kind of fun. I wish you guys could see my face. Yeah. Um, college was hard for me. I'm going to be super honest. College was really difficult. Thank you for, for me. being honest with that. Cause, and it is not for everybody. It is not for everybody. So 100% support if you do not want to go to college or you don't think it's for you. If you do think it is for you, do what you want to do. Um, ultimately, in the end, going to school was the right decision for me. But it doesn't change the fact that it was super hard for while sure. I was in it. Um, mentally, physically, all the things. Because I felt like, like I said before, I had been in school for so long that I was just so ready. So that's obviously why I haven't gone back for like a master's or PhD or That's how that I nature. feel about it. Because I'm just like, nope, you couldn't pay me to go back at this moment. So I'm definitely <laughs> not going to pay to go back. No, that's but so <laughs> refreshing though. Thank you for saying that. Yes. And I just, I have a lot of issues with the system and standardized testing, but that's a whole different chapter. Yeah. But so what actually happened was when I was a broke college kid, um, Surfrider was advertising meetings around campus with free pizza. So <laughs> I was obviously going to be there for yes. free pizza and free soda, one meal guaranteed a month. Um, and I also the topic was really interesting to me. So they would have different people come and present and it actually kind of goes back to the professor I talked about, Dr. Anders. Mm -hmm. She, in one of my geology classes, it was basically just outside people coming to present. And one of those people was amazing coastal research scientist, Deidre Williams, who works for the Conrad Blucher Institute. So she came and was also a badass female scientist who was talking and they were good friends her and my professor so I was like man she seems really cool she was giving another presentation at this surf rider meeting the following month mm -hmm. so I was like I'm gonna go see her present again um maybe talk to her ask some questions so I ended up going to the surf rider meeting loved it met some really good people there and then I just started going on a monthly basis while I was in school. Like I said, guaranteed free meal and something that I cared about. Absolutely. And so from that point on is when I started making some really big changes. And one of the founding members, Neil McQueen, he's our VP and has done the Skip the Plastic stuff with the Texas uh, Coastal Bend chapter. Mm -hmm. So uh, he told me at one of the first meetings that I went to, he's like, gosh, aren't you tired of throwing away your money? And I was like, what are you talking about? So then he was like, paper plates, paper towels, utensils. Those are things you use once and then you throw it away. Mm -hmm. And how much money do you spend monthly when you go to the grocery store on toiletry items? Yep. And it was sh shocking to me. 
like I started thinking about it and then it was like all the things that were disposable and then I really started getting invested in it of course we have social media so you can go down a rabbit hole super fast yep about everything with plastics and styrofoam and all of that stuff but yeah really it was the Surfrider foundation that I started going when I was still in school and then when I was done with school I had all the time on my hands like I had never had that much time in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah school was over (laughs) it was um there was also than say it was like a learning curve and a totally different chapter of my life because like I said I was definitely the overachiever student who was like super driven and was constantly involved in a bunch of different things in high school and then when I got to college I threw myself into Surfrider and Islander Green Team and gosh I can't even remember some of the things I participated in but I I just wanted to do it all yes and I also was working two jobs you know so what were you working <laughs> I was working downtown at the Texas Surf Museum okay. for the like majority of my college career best job ever I love that I loved the people I worked with I worked downtown I loved the downtown scene even though it was like nine years ago yeah not not cool not cool but it was I still loved it met some really great people like all of my OG like I know all of the originals from like surf club who are still working there. Like I, I love so them. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I worked at the Texas surf museum for about four years when I first like moved to Corpus to, you know, become a student and was living by myself. Like that was my, I just walked in and applied, got a job there. And then I would bar back and stuff at surf club. Okay. As kind of extra. How cool is that? Yeah. And then I started making jewelry for Tula blue. So that's where, like I said, I just, and I then I also decided that. to get a dog <laughs> in my sophomore year of college. <laughs> well, and where were you moving from? So, um, technically Lake city, it's outside of Mathis. Okay. So about 45 minutes away is where my parents live. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Holly. Yeah. So we moved into town. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Which and say I had been kind of a part of, I'm definitely considering myself a corpus Christian, like for sure. Went to all, my dad went to King and you know, just a lot of history here, but, um, definitely went to like all of the, the different parties and hung out. All my friends worked at Benjamin's surf and skate, you know, <laughs> yes, Benjamin's was it. Oh my God. <laughs> and then the first job I had was that board house surf and skate out in Port A. Mm-hmm. I would just like shack up at my good friend's house all summer long and work while I was 15 slash 16 (laughs) wow but just that laid back i i love that so much about being down here i mean even though that might be like slightly illegal like it's just (laughs) the vibe it's just chill as hell i mean it's been port a i mean beach town deluxe you know it's like okay i rode my bike i don't think i ever wore shoes for like two summers Mm -hmm. maybe super tan but now the skin damage. Yeah, no <laughs> joke. Uh, reflecting <laughs> uh, as a redhead. Yeah. I'm like, oh, with lots of freckles. I'm like, probably not great. But yeah, another thing about living in South Texas. Yes. That's too funny. And so have you been surfing your, I mean, how long have you been surfing? Um. So my, oh my gosh, I think maybe since I was like six, I was very, wow. yeah, very little. Um, definitely then say my significant other does most of the surfing nowadays. Mm. I, I love hanging just on the beach with the pups. I don't get in the water as much as I used to, but my dad grew up surfing here. Like I said, he went to King high school yes. and the first day that he moved here and went to King high school, he met Ted Nicholson, who owns Boardhouse Surf and Skate. Really? Yeah. And he convinced my dad to skip class and go surfing his first day at a new school. <laughs> so that is the like the Molly crew of people that my dad decided to hang out with. And then kind of rose us. Like we grew up around that culture, yeah. the surf culture. Yes, yes. And hanging out in Port A by the dumpster. You know what I mean? Because that was the cool <laughs> spot to surf. If you parked by the dumpster, you were legit. <laughs> so just uh, some things like that. Like love the beach scene growing up. And so then, of course, and say my significant other, um, him being a surfer is just totally makes sense. It all, it all makes sense. <laughs> it all I comes mean, together. It really <laughs> does. I mean, because for you to, to, to uh, be the outreach coordinator yes. for surf mm-hmm. rider, I mean just the entire thing not to mention i know another reason why you 
we're really adamant about living sustainably is because we live so close to the coast and that you care about our coastal environment tremendously. I mean, even from what you were doing for the Conrad Blucher Institute and, and all of that. Yeah, I think and say I think everything just kind of lined up to point me into the direction that I am going in. And especially then say I you know, from those first surfrider meetings and then once I was done with school I went through the post school blues of mm-hmm. I have a full time adult job now, like what am I gonna do? So I just threw myself into Surfrider and I became part of their EC, their executive committee. Oh wow. So that's yeah, how you get kind of a role on the board with them. So that's how I became the outreach coordinator. So I'm kind of responsible for any of the things that have to do with social media or lining up events or things like that. You know, COVID, these the pandemic these past two years has made that pretty challenging for like fundraiser opportunities and things like that but we've we've still been able to do really well we apply for grants and things like that so we actually just got an acceptance of a grant for the coastal bend community foundation of four thousand dollars so congratulations we're excited about that that'll fund us through you know we're not a huge expenditure chapter. We have a couple programs that we focus on, like our uh, Make Promises Happen surf camp. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the most common ones that people know about. And that's a surf camp that happens every July. We um, team up with this school out of, I believe it's Idaho. Wow. I might be, I might be wrong with that, but they're the Make Promises Happen organization Mm -hmm. and they come down for a summer trip each year with the kids. They bring them all down on a bus and they're usually children who have some sort of disability who have probably never seen the ocean, never been in the ocean and we take them surfing. Yeah. Especially if they're in the, (laughs) I don't know if Idaho is considered the Midwest, but that's what I think of. So yeah, they probably, Yeah, yeah. No, never seen the beach, never seen a seagull, never seen anything like that and so yeah we take them out into pretty calm waters out in Port Aransas Mm -hmm. and we have lifeguards staffed and we usually have a ton of volunteers and we push them into waves and even kids who are in wheelchairs as well so they're like excellent yeah it's a really amazing event if you've never been it's a tearjerker (laughs) how do people get get to go or get involved or any of that so it usually like I said happens in July Mm -hmm. and everything will be posted through our Facebook or our website and you can just to reach out to volunteer let us know you're going to be there uh this year we did have to do some national surfrider national had some release forms for us because of covid mm-hmm. but in the past we haven't done anything like that we've just said come, come on come on, everybody this is a great event we want everybody to be there and have a great time mm-hmm. and then the other program that we're currently running it was doing really well before the pandemic which hurts my heart a lot because it hits on multiple things that I really care about is the ocean friendly restaurant program. Yes. You were talking to me about this the other day and I had no idea this existed. So please tell me more. So an ocean friendly restaurant program is a program run through Surfrider National and we are doing the program here in our chapter. And basically it is a set criteria for restaurants to meet, to be considered an ocean friendly restaurant, Mm -hmm. meaning Um, no styrofoam, you know, have different options for utensils, different options for straws or no straws. They have a full checklist as, and even goes down into like water conservation. If they have like water conservative flush toilets in their restaurant, if they have like eco-friendly lighting, there's a bunch of different levels, but the platinum level is where they meet all of the goals and they're awesome. So we actually do we had the Shoreline Pepsi Grill at the Texas State Aquarium was mm-hmm. a platinum. Wow. Which was really cool. Yes. Are they still there? They are still there, okay. I believe. I might be giving false information, but um, they should still be there in the aquarium. As far as the ocean-friendly restaurant platinum level, they haven't renewed, so it like hasn't been on the map, yeah. which Surfrider has a map if you're traveling or going anywhere where you can look up updated and current ocean-friendly restaurants. That is So it's really, really cool. cool because you can, yeah, you can, when you're going on vacation, choose to go eat at these places that are more sustainable. And the sustainability, including like um, the Safe Seafood Watch, like that's another one of the checklist items. They have a bunch of different checklist items that you can meet or make or anything like that. And 
then you can kind of then say it'd be the platinum. It's like you meet all of them in exceedance. Yes. But you don't have to do that. So it's differing per restaurant what they Mm -hmm. can do. So there might be certain places that are meeting some things, but not all the things, but they're still considered an OFR. Mm -hmm. So an ocean friendly restaurant is ranks really high. It's super important because the restaurant industry is one of the biggest polluters or users of single use plastics yes. and styrofoam and all of those things. And especially living where we do, like you mentioned before, we see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like it's, if it's in front of us, it's going to be in the water. Yep. It's like the, like the way that I like to say it nowadays, yes. because it used to be like, Oh, if you're throwing something away, it's probably going to be in the water, but it's like literally anything and everything can be in the water. Mm-hmm. The other day while we were out in the water, we, you know, usually pick up trash on the beach and stuff. But, um, Ryan was, he was surfing and a black trash bag literally got caught on him. Like he was surfing in the trash. Like he Whoa. had to take it to the shore with him because he was like, you know, I pick up trash on the beach usually, but if it's in the water, I don't normally pick it up while I'm surfing. Yeah. But it literally clung to him and he had no choice. So he was, it was, that was like an eye opening. Yes. That's all it takes is some eye opening experience for yes. people. But going back to the ocean friendly restaurant, we were really excited because we haven't had a new one in a long time because of the pandemic. It's mm-hmm. been really hard. Like absolutely. Restaurants yes. are just trying to keep their doors open. Exactly. Like they can't afford to make these sustainable options or choices or they think they can't mm-hmm. i would like to help you know yes. eventually one day showing them that it actually you can save money and save the planet Ooh, like that's kind of the whole goal yes girl yes yeah this you is why need y'all straws. need holly <laughs> to be your sustainability consultant i love that yes you don't say save save money save the planet at the same time yes. that's the whole goal is if you're having to spend more or do more you're not doing it right exactly that's, i just want people to know that i think there's such a stigma and like such a social media i don't i don't know it's like putting this pho- we'll, we'll get to that that's yeah well no I, but no that's something that i did want to talk about so yes yeah. finish your thought and then we will segue into that yes so for okay sure. so ocean friendly restaurants wrapping it up on that um OFR program's awesome. You can check out the map if you're traveling or going anywhere if that's something that's really important to you because those restaurants are going above and beyond to do more Mm -hmm. and they care and we love that and I will definitely pay three or two, five, whatever it takes dollars more for my meal to be able to know that I'm having a meal that's going to be composted scraps or Mm -hmm. no plastic, no styrofoam, no nothing. Uh, So our newest one, hopefully everything goes through well, Bluff's Landing. Awesome. I've been hearing great things about that. Yes, you definitely need a reservation. Okay, good Uh, to know. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely need a reservation uh, to go because they've just been so busy, which is great. But they're open for lunch now. I just saw that today on their Instagram. Okay. So um, maybe... That will kind of change, but definitely for dinner, make reservations. Okay, good to know. And also, that's fantastic that they are like, you know what? Let's meet this criteria to be here. It's it's funny because, as Brittany knows, I work for the water department as a water quality specialist. Mm -hmm. But about a year and a half ago, a gentleman called me wanting to know about water quality. And if he was opening a restaurant out in the bluff, but he couldn't tell me what restaurant at Mm -hmm. the time. And he was concerned, you know, about the water quality and how to make sure that it was going to be great for all of his customers and easy on his dishes because he didn't want to use any type of plastic or throw away things. Um, So he called me inquiring about that almost a year and a half ago. Wow. And that's just like something that I think a lot of restaurant or business owners wouldn't even think about. So Mm -hmm. I was impressed from way back when. And then once I realized what the project was and how it was coming together. And then actually my friend Joelle from Dagon Produce. Yes. Shout out to them. Yes. Yes. Amazing. If you guys don't know what Dagon Produce is, it's a way to sustainably get local fruits, veggies, meats, anything you want, a basket. Basically, it's like going to the farmer's market without having to go to the farmer's market. Yes. It's convenience. Um, it's owned by local great people whom I love. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, they, they do great things. And thank as you well. for, for sharing that. Like I said, you are a wealth of knowledge for this kind of stuff. Like I can't yeah. wait to get into the, and the they, details. They just added a pickup location at Akasha Yoga. On airline. On, yes, on okay. airline. So if you want to pick up your produce baskets there instead of having them delivered, you can do that now too. Excellent. Yeah, it lasts not last Sunday, but the Sunday before at yoga, they announced it at the end of like our shavasana and I was yes. like so excited like yes, I was so calm fantastic. and then I went just so excited <laughs> because I was like oh my god Joelle like dig on produce like this is awesome I just love seeing the the local highlight for sure um, but he's been working with Bluff's Lookout the chef there since the beginning so you can guarantee that all of your produce everything on your plate something is going to be local mm-hmm. and from Dagon Produce so that is really freaking that we love that that. full support of that um yes yeah so then say almost all of their instagram postings you know they always they always tell you what it is where it's from if something is a local ingredient but they're definitely checking all the ocean friendly restaurant uh boxes so that's really exciting because we haven't had a new one in so long i think um gosh i honestly can't even remember the last one they got added to the list. I know like the post was on there for a while. Um, a couple of other what, Eleanor's RIP, but I not know. RIP Eleanor's yes. because they're killing it. Dude, the, on, I want everything that she's putting together every week. Oh my um, gosh. Yep. Every time I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I know the shrimp cakes were last my own week. Fault. I was like, oh my gosh. It's my own fault. Got to get those orders in. Mm-hmm. And they also... I will just give a shout out. I haven't talked to Jessica or anybody at Eleanor's or who's doing anything. The reusable option when you go to check out and what you want on your containers, she does have a one-time purchase of glass containers mm-hmm. included. And that is freaking awesome. So you could buy weekly and I'm assuming, you know, return your glass containers and she would fill them. Yep. That is just, you know, I yes. love the way that Eleanor's was an ocean-friendly restaurant. They were actually our first ocean-friendly restaurant in the Coastal Bend, which wow. was really exciting. Yes, it is. Yes, because I, Jessica had a friend, I believe, in um, Oregon who was an ocean-friendly restaurant, and she wanted to be one here. So mm-hmm. when the program started, she was like, oh, sign us up for sure. And like Lucy's, everything they do at Lucy's, nothing has changed on the like sustainability scale for them with losing Eleanor's. Like Lucy's is run the same way i know i can go to lucy's and eat a great meal that is like locally sourced and my carbon footprint is very neutral like they do not have and it's kind of like a mixture of aesthetic as well which my libra (laughs) loves (laughs) like i think it just makes sense that i love the sustainability because a lot of it is an aesthetic of course of course when i remember you were telling me Last week, I think it was, that you were like, I just feel like I'm going and having a home-cooked meal there. Yes. Like, I just yeah. feel it's all nutritious and, you know, it's there's a person there and they cook my food and it's just very, it just feels good. Yes. And they also recently, this is just like a really weird particular thing, but <laughs> about a year ago, I was trying to get Cameron Diaz's organic, delicious wine. I think it's like Avalon, Avalon. I'm not really sure how to say it. Um, carried out our total wine here mm-hmm. and it was taking forever well lucy's has it oh <laughs> so, wow yeah they just posted about it the other day and i was like oh my gosh of course they got it that's you know? cool so she's got three different types of wine and i listened to a podcast and they were talking about the wine and i was like oh my gosh we gotta get this organic amazing <laughs> wine in corpus christi and total wines was not having it they were like girl you are crazy <laughs> um, but lucy's come through i for the love wine. it i love it yes that yes. makes me so happy i mean especially all the shout outs i mean you probably shouted out like four or five I know, local bit. no no don't be sorry <laughs> no, i mean sorry. that's what Just... that's what this podcast is um and so something that you had posted on your holly habits instagram one of the best ways to transition into sustainable living is to start supporting local businesses and organizations and clearly you are you are doing that but so for someone who maybe is used to going to amazon or uh you know walmart you know kind of thing like how would it help them live more sustainably to start supporting local well it just in general, it greatly reduces your carbon footprint if you just eliminate the middleman, basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I 
wanted to go on Amazon to shop for some clay earrings or something of that nature. We have a lot of different makers locally. Yes. Just, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me. Like open your eyes. I'm very anti big box, um, like Amazon or Mm -hmm. any of like the first ones that come to mind is like Home Depot. Like I would rather go to Gills or Turner's or something like that. Like go to your local nurseries. Yes. Um, those are just like some of the immediate ones that come to mind because we love we love plants. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so uh, big box stores, are, they just don't have my heart anymore. But I definitely, you know, I want to relate back to I did not grow up that way. Mm-hmm. I grew up. Yeah. When we came into town, we would go to those big box stores. We would get what dad or mom or whomever what we needed to do what we needed to do. We'd go to Hobby Lobby for our science yep. fair projects to yep. make our board and all of those things. Like I was 100 percent. American culture kid growing up. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, you know, big shout out of you can't change your past. You can only move forward. Right. So um, don't it's really hard when you do or if you decided to start making sustainable choices and changes, don't throw everything away or panic and cry. It's a lot to take in at first when you start realizing all these different issues and all the different things that can feel very heavy and it's very depressing. So just ride oh that God. storm yes. out, get yes. through it, pick your head up, be confident. One of the posts I made the other day, I think it was on a, a Monday, was about just breathe and accept your failure. Yeah. All trial and error. That's like my fi- one of my favorite quotes. I do All like trial that. and error. You're learning every day. Like I said, every single day, I still face challenges or things I didn't know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, same. Continuous learning about, about, and say, the living more sustainably and things that you can make swaps on or saving money and just doing small things that really make a difference. But so as far as the big box stores, I would just say, this might kind of sound a shallow, but open your eyes, like get in touch with your community, start yes. loving your local culture. Yes. Go to a farmer's market. Look, everything is at the tip of our fingers nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, well, it's all about Except for the other day when Instagram shut down. <laughs> <laughs> the memes the from real, that have been the hilarious. The real pandemic. Am I right? Oh the my real gosh. Pandemic. But um, yeah, so everything is there. You know, everything's just a Google away. If you have something in mind, um, I think... When I really started shopping locally, I took the holiday season as opportunity Mm -hmm. to not buy for myself, but to buy for others from local organizations so I could find out what all we had in Corpus. Yes. So I I started looking around and I started going to the Grow Locals, like all of their different markets where they have more of like a craft market um, and things like that. And I just started picking up goods or... One of my favorites is, of course, Cindy Sines. Oh, my, my God. So Lady Death. Yes, Lady Death. I love her so much. I love tattoo artists, and she also owns them bones. Mm-hmm. And my sister is into very weird things. So that was, like, one of the first things. I shouldn't say weird, but different. Yes, different. Um, Like, curiosity. Like, what are you? The curio, right, yeah, uh-huh. is the word for it. So immediately I was like, oh, cool. Like, I can get my sister something from... Uh, Cindy's jewelry wise and that's at um and I'm gonna blink out on the antique row of Renaissance, Renaissance yeah. over at Renaissance so then I just kind of started exploring there and then from there it became what can I get for my significant other that's local what can I get as stocking stuffers for my roommates that is more sustainable um and then it just kind of bled onto everything else in my life and I was really lucky, um, like I said, this <laughs> once I was done with school, as I stated before, all I knew was school and extracurriculars and working multiple jobs. And then all of a sudden I had this big girl job and I was living in a house with roommates and I had all this free time on my hands. So I threw myself into Surfrider. I threw myself into sustainable living, whether my roommates were on board or not, but they were, which was so great. And that's another thing I would highly recommend is find like-minded community yes um and the more you kind of start surrounding yourself with people who care the more that you're gonna care yes Um, so that's a a huge part of it too is the like-minded community and reaching out and asking questions and 
like I said, I started making all these crazy transitions and my roommates were totally on board with me doing crazy stuff like getting three different bins in the kitchen instead of one bin and putting a bidet in the guest bedroom. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Dude, so, I want a bidet so bad. So yeah, we have one in the bathroom if Do you, you want to really go try it out. One? Yeah. <laughs> so current update. I love that. We, pretty much anybody who comes over, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, like go try out the bidet. We are a huge ad. I got my significant other on board with it. He was not sure at yeah. first, but I pretty I much I think a like, lot of people think it's probably weird. Probably a lot of Americans think it's kind of weird. Definitely. But yeah. I'm going to do one example that I like to give people. Yes. Okay. So in talking about bidets, would you rather smear poop all over your butt or power wash it off? Power wash. Yeah. When you, and when you think about it like that, yes. it's like, you know, I feel way cleaner. I just yeah. think thinking about it makes me feel cleaner. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I love this. It's real, real talk. And that's another thing about sustainability is like people, there's a lot of aesthetic involved with it. Yeah. But there's a lot of you're reconnecting with nature mm -hmm. and you're doing things not convenient and not necessarily in the American. Thank you for view. saying that because convenience is the the name convenience of the game is key, nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah. so that's uh, convenience is everything. Um, so it's kind of just getting back to your roots of not necessarily being comfortable all the time, mm -hmm. but knowing in your heart that it's the right thing to do. Like yes. back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Um, <laughs> People were not comfortable. They yeah. had to do things, a lot of things that were uncomfortable. And I'm not saying you have to be uncomfortable. I do not live an uncomfortable lifestyle. Yes. Like, just look at me and look at my home. Like I said, I'm I'm an American. I live a comfortable lifestyle. I'm mm -hmm. just doing it a little bit different. Exactly. And saving money. So I would love other people to do it too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, though, the bidet thing to me is... Well, I feel like I, there's like a small following that's like, it's slowly starting to catch on. Like, yes. like this is, but y'all yeah. have one. That is so awesome. Oh yeah. You could not find a bidet to save your life when the toilet paper situation went down yes. because then Americans were like, oh my gosh, yes. the next best thing is a bidet. So they literally sold out of, you couldn't get a bidet for like three months from anything wow. or anywhere. And we have them say all kind of a big box store, but not, I love them. We have a tushy bidet okay at this point and we also have like um the tushy squat stool like the squatty potty yes um i love tushy to me they're like the best brand of bidet that's affordable mm -hmm. like without all the bells and whistles mm -hmm. does the simple i didn't thing. realize there were that many there's like, so many but i will say the first one that i got was an astor bidet off of amazon at uh the rental house i was living in mm -hmm. and that was interesting installing it myself and it was definitely it was like $27 off of Amazon and like I said I know I don't really support big box stores but I was like where am I gonna get an yeah. affordable bidet yeah Amazon right? absolutely so and then hindsight years later I've moved into a different home and I wanted something a little more luxurious so I got the tushy because it has great reviews. They really care about the environment. They're a great company. So I definitely stand um, behind them. And they're a great affordable option. It's a bidet that's less than $100. And that's you can install yourself. Really Ryan good. installed it in like less than 20 minutes. So um, hooks directly into your water source. You can take it off and it goes with you when you move. So see that. OK. So that, yeah. So it's portable. <laughs> yes. OK. Yeah. So that is I mean, not necessarily portable usage, but like you can relocate it. Uh, th this is a really, <laughs> really cool tip because I don't think people would have even thought about what happens in the bathroom. How can I make that sustainable? Mm -hmm. But there's so many yes. swaps in the bathroom. Yes. The bathroom is like one of the bathroom in the kitchen are main target areas. Oh, um, yeah. Because you people. have like uh Eco tips for like everyday humans when it comes to like greenwashing um, on your Holly Habits page. You have like laundry, like DIY laundry detergent, DIY dishwashing soap. Yes. Like all that kind of stuff. That's huge. Yeah. It's so, and then say it's going to save like I don't even go down when I go grocery shopping and I'm I'm an H-E-B girl. I love my H-E-B. I love saving money. Of course. And so that's why I'm like. I love going to Sprouts and natural grocers and things that we have here locally as well. If we had a Trader Joe's, I'm sure I would love to go there as well. But mm -hmm. 
I love my HEB. I go to the HEB off of Robert in yes. Alameda. <laughs> um, Everyone's I, favorite HEB. I, it's so great. They have a great wine selection and their bulk section is just, they have HEB prices and they have just, they have what I'm looking for. And that's what's really important. And when you and say grocery shopping, that's a, a whole a whole different aspect of once you really get on your sustainability journey, grocery shopping, where you go, what you're purchasing is really important. Mm-hmm. And I love grocery shopping. <laughs> I love it so much. I love having my, like I said, my HEB here. And they support a lot of local organizations and yep. put local things in stores and do things in a way that, you know, I've never had anybody be mean or disrespectful to me when I have all of my bags and all of my produce rolling all over the <laughs> like the checkout counter nobody's ever you know they they know me there yeah <laughs> they 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 just kind of know what I'm there for and what I stand for and they have great prices because I like I said I want to do my best but I'm not trying to go broke or make anybody go broke I'm yes. all about budgeting and things that are affordable and showing people that you can do this it doesn't matter what your budget is and honestly if you want to save some money like let's make some products I don't like I said yes. I don't buy I don't buy anything I don't buy toothpaste I don't buy laundry detergent I don't even go down the toiletry aisles for napkins toilet paper all of those things yeah because those can add up I don't even go down those aisles there's certain aisles that I target and certain aisles that we don't even we don't even need to visit and that's a great feeling like I remember in the beginning of my process when I wanted to get to that point and I honestly can't even tell you the last time I went down the cleaner slash toiletry aisle at a grocery store holly that that's (laughs) major okay yeah it feels good when i saw when i visited the holly habits page and saw like all the pointers it's i mean incredible like you really are offering these amazing switches for people who are used to spending money on on this product and so something that you said was you know it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive and i feel like that is a common misconception for living sustainably are there other common misconceptions that people you know what I mean whenever you bring this kind of topic up they're like oh well I can't do that because a b c d right what would those be yeah so there's definitely um a stigma against sustainability and that it's expensive and that it's hard and all those things one of the the first posts that I made on my holly habits page was five misconceptions thanks to social media about sustainability Mm. and that it's good old social media yeah that it should look a certain way that it should cost a certain amount that certain types of people are able to afford it and other types of people are not like there's like there's this very interesting stigma and there's a quote that i love it's like we need millions of people doing sustainability wrong not 10 people doing it perfect. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, I like that too. Yeah. Every straw, every little choice you make, you decided to bring your water bottle today. You decided to bring your, your coffee cup today. It all adds up. It really does. And so you should pat yourself on the back for doing those things instead of being like, Oh, oh just overwhelmed and depressed and consumed with it because it's really easy to go there. Trust me. I've been there so many times in the dark. Um, but just come back to the light and be proud of yourself and know that the things you did today make a difference. Absolutely. But there's definitely the same social media. Oh, my favorite is, and I've posted about it a couple of times on my Holly Habits page, is the refrigerator goals. Whatever that is the Yeah, thing. what is that? So it's like <laughs> color-coordinated all fruits and vegetables in a refrigerator. And refrigerator organization has become... Wow. I'm all about organization. For sure. I love organizing. But there's just... Really, there's a reality and there's not a reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are they really going to eat all of those 12 apples in different shades and colors? Or is that just food waste? Yes. Ooh. For a picture. Ooh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite things is the refrigerator pictures because they're just so, uh, if you have a beautiful refrigerator, refrigerator and you have it organized and everything, go for it, take a picture, post it beautiful. But some of the things we see and then, you know, it's just kind of expected that everything is bright whites and bamboo and this and that. And the reality of (laughs) sustainability is a lot of dishes Mm -hmm. usually your sink is full of dishes because you're not using anything that is wasted right no paper plates no styrofoam 
nothing like that. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of dishes. You're also, you know, depending on, you're going to be sorting trash. You're going to be composting. You're going to probably have flies or some sort of bugs in your house, especially in South Texas. Hello, cockroaches. We have a lot of plants and we have chickens and turkeys and all the things. So we're a buggy household (laughs) in a way. We also have dogs too. So um, it's just things like that. It's not, I'm not over here posting about like, you know, oh my gosh, there was a roach next to my compost bin or anything like that. And that's just the reality Reality. of it. Mm -hmm. Major reality. Or cleaning your bathroom and accidentally hitting the bidet and having it spray you (laughs) all over the face, you know? So those are the reality things. Or, you know, using soap that makes just not do well with your skin or Mm -hmm. a shampoo bar that cracks in half when you put it on your hair and you're like you know it's trial and error yes everything is trial and error and learning what's going to work what's not going to work or making a deodorant blend that you're really excited about putting it on and smelling terrible throughout the rest of the day and being like well my skin did not react well with that Mm -hmm. um or it's you know going to the grocery store and going in and forgetting to bring your bags so then you look like a crazy lady trying to balance all of your groceries in your arms on your way out to the car because you didn't want any plastic bags like that is the reality of it and you know like vacuuming my whole house and putting my dog's hair in the compost bin you know what I mean and seeing what I just cleaned out of my house that (laughs) that is the reality I relate to that big time of sustainability it's Getting, like I said, reconnecting with your roots, getting back to nature. Um, And I just, I think there's like a really big uh, stigma on social. Anything can look really pretty on social media, but just Mm -hmm. don't be fooled by that because it's a lot of hard work. It's not not necessarily hard work. It's just habits. Yes. And that's why I didn't say I named my, I know habits is spelled with two Bs. There was no one B available for the username. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you said that. So it's at Holly habits with yes, two Bs. With two Bs. On Instagram. So okay. I know it is spelled incorrectly. The other username was not available. Got it. Um, but I visited the other page. It's definitely not as cool. So <laughs> um, You should have the name. So, is what you're yeah. Saying. A little bit of a bummer on that. Well, just the fact that, because yes, for someone like me, who's not as well-versed on sustainability practices, yeah, I do think if I'm going to do this, it's got to be perfect and I've got to purchase new, whatever it may be. But you actually made a post saying like, it often means using what you already have. And I thought that that was a really important point to make. Yes, because that's, so if, I way back when and I had this thought too when I first realized all of the panic and all of the things I was using that I didn't need I immediately wanted to like gut my whole room my whole house get rid of all these things oh my god I'm using toxic things and I'm using Mm -hmm. things that are not going to be composted or not going to be recycled and I'm messing up and this and that and I had the thoughts of wanting to throw it all away but one that is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And two, that is not cost effective mm-hmm. at all. It's a huge waste, which goes exactly against what you're trying to do. So let that panic sit, just sit with it and work your way through things. When you run out of toothpaste, when you run out of home cleaner, when you run out of laundry detergent, when you're out of toilet paper, mm-hmm. things like that, start making those changes. And like I said, I'm six years in and you can open up any of, you know, the cabinets, refrigerators, pantries, anything like that in our house, and you're going to find plastic, right? Because since it's the reality of the world that we live in. And I used to think that plastic was like, uh, so bad. You know, I, when I first started this journey, I was very anti-plastic, very, didn't like it at all. But what I've learned is that it's about the single use plastics. There's single use plastics yes. and there's longevity plastics. Yes. If I wanted to say I'm going to drop all plastics in my life, I wouldn't have my car. I wouldn't have my couch. I wouldn't have any of my furniture mm-hmm. because 90% of the things are made with plastic. It's an incredible material when you think about it from a science aspect. Which yes. I do have my science background. So like I said, at first my, my heart and my brain were like, oh, anti-plastic. But then I realized... What an amazing substance mm-hmm. that humans have created. Yep. 
extremely damaging to the environment, but incredible yes. for longevity of things. Yes. Because we are able to continuously have, like I said, I wouldn't have my car. I love my car. I have a Subaru Crosstrek. Everybody's <laughs> interested. <laughs> I've sold like four people on them, so I should work for Subaru <laughs> at this point. Um, but I wouldn't be able to have my car. Look at your car. 90% of it is plastic. Look around your kitchen. Look at any of your furniture, any of your picture frames, all of your Halloween decor yep. at the moment. It's all plastic. But what we do with that plastic is what matters. Yes, and we can't I get love rid that. of it. It's already here. It's going to be here for a very long time, longer than me and you and yeah. a lot of other people, <laughs> way <laughs> longer, but it's here. So it's our responsibility to do the right thing with it. So that's kind of where I am now on my opinion and thoughts about plastic is like, hey, it's here. We got to make the best out of it and be thankful for a lot of the things it does give us. Well, you know, Holly, I love that because it's easy to be really dogmatic about something. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you know that it really is, can be at a detriment to the planet, but for you to realize like, this is the reality and I'm adapting to it. And like you said, it's not about not have, if you can't, you can't go without plastic, but what are you doing with the plastic in your life currently? Yeah. I love that. Like, I, Oh my God, that's such an important statement to make because you're not so black and white about it. No. Definitely um, not. So for people who are just wanting to start off on their sustainability journey, like what advice, like tip would you give them just starting off? So just starting off, I would definitely suggest doing what you can and don't get overwhelmed by it. Like, like I said before, all the rabbit holes and all the different things and hating plastics and, go, you know, feel those emotions. Those emotions are yours. You need to work through them and go through them. But start small. Just start small and do what you can. Do not itemize everything in your household and start freaking out. Do not go there. Um, just start small. Start by tomorrow. Take your own water bottle to work or whatever you have going on. Um any type of event or if you know you're going to want coffee in the morning and you want to go support some local establishment hopefully love it um, yes bring your own coffee cup and um one of my favorites is it's a very easy swap especially for men it's a little bit harder i try to be as gender neutral as possible but unfortunately it's like women carry bags with them mm -hmm. primarily mm -hmm. start carrying your own utensils and straws with you. Yes, that's like, something that I noticed about you from the get-go was you did that. It's so much fun because it is an immediate learning opportunity for you and people around you. Yes. So if you want to start making an impact or start really feeling like there's nothing better to me. I mean, I love a lot of things in life. But when I bust out my reusable straw at a restaurant and somebody comments on it, whether mm -hmm. it be the wait staff or somebody who's working there and asks me about it, that's like a, a whole different sort of high. Yes. <laughs> like I'm like, oh my gosh, let me thank you for saying yeah. something or acknowledging it. And let me tell you why I'm doing this. So women, men, you have backpacks too. So when my significant other was in college and I would put his in his car. You know, I started, I, I started that. gearing him up. I put his in his car. I put one in his backpack. Like, so he had it on him and it's just, you know, reusable utensils. You don't have to go buy an officiated set, grab a cloth napkin, wrap up a fork, a knife, a spoon and stash it wherever is easy for you and just take it with you. And then the reusable straws, you can use a straw from Whataburger, from anywhere. Those plastic straws are going to last a long time. It doesn't yep. have to be some fancy metal or silicone or anything like that type of straw just use what you have so um make a kit that's what i would recommend is make a utensil kit make something you can keep in your car that has a bottle a bag and some utensils and start try don't it's okay if you forget if you forget it in your car give you know be be good to yourself be kind to yourself 
But the fact that you have it and you put it in your car and you have intention is a start. Yes. So that's um, big. yeah. And then also I have to say if, you know, anybody's on the start of their sustainability journey and wants help or questions, reach out. Like I, yes. I am this here was my next question. to talk. <laughs> I'm all here to talk. I have a lot of goals and things I want to do in the future. Um, but we're kind of just getting I'm just getting started with it. So we're going to see what it can become. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you are the perfect person for this. And I, once you had established the Holly Habits page and put sustainability consultant, it just made so much sense. Like you are that person, like with your science background, with your communications background, with your, you know, your love of living green and really learning new things about living sustainably you are it. So anybody that's listening to this, if you're not already, please follow at Holly Habits with two B's on Instagram. Um, she's posting tips that I think are incredible. Like I said, from making DIY products to, you know, uh, social media versus reality about how sustainability really looks. I mean, just incredible stuff. And Holly, thank you so much for joining me tonight, um, for letting me into your beautiful home and just sharing all your story and all of these great tips that I'm going to start implementing. I just think you're incredible and I just can't wait to see you continue to do your thing. You are a badass. Oh, thank you so much, Brittany. But you have to use the bidet before you leave. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> On it. Thanks, Holly. Thank you.